Coming up, a look back on how the industry predictions from the association turned out. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the HAN show, we bring the haunted attraction industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and a weekly newsletter. Links to everything are in the show notes. Last week, we played the 2022 State of the Industry presentation from the Haunted Attraction Association. After the presentation was an open Q&A session with the industry, and today, we're revisiting that session. Looking back on the most significant issues from last year, it's interesting to see what has changed and what hasn't. I'm sure you'll be surprised. Or maybe not. How did your hunt compare to some of the predictions made? Let us know. So this is a question for all you board members that have run Hound and Houses for a long period of time. Obviously 2021 was a record-breaking year for a lot of attractions. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of puffing their chest out, but it was really due to a lot of pent-up demand. And do we feel that that is going to continue into 2022, or are we going to be in for a rude awakening? Um, I'm ready. <laughs> I think actually the, the future is actually really bright. Um, I just did a, a whole class on the, like just before this, on the positives from COVID. Um, from haunts that I've, I've been haunting a long time, from haunts that I've been at, it seems like a lot of customers are on a three-year cycle where they come to your haunt once every three years. I do think that some haunts missed and we had a double up a little bit in some cases, but that only account for like a 33% increase. And I think many haunts were over that. Um, I think that there are a multitude of factors that go into this, but I think that we've had a bit of a paradigm shift as far as the public. More people working from home means that they control their Friday night and when they get out of the office. Um, more people working from home means that they're sick of watching their screen and they want to go out and do something. Movie theaters are down between 70 and 90%. Going to the movies, which was a competition for something to do on the weekend, not as big of a factor until they fundamentally change their experience. People have reached the end of Netflix during lockdown. Like they watched everything they wanted to watch. <laughs> now we're only competing with the new stuff. And that's actually a big deal. Yeah. If we're only competing with the new stuff, then they can watch that during the week. So I think, and those are a lot of really tiny little factors, but I think that they all add up. You also have a lot more people doing what they want with their time. That's part of the labor shortage, but there's, there's I, would, I just did an hour on this. I think we're great. Anyone else? Thanks, Al. Do we all concur? Can you say it at all? Yeah. 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 I think in general, people are tired of looking at their screens and they want to do something live and they want it immersive. We happen to provide that. Um, so. Another huge note is mental health. Lots of studies have come out in the past couple of years because of lockdown, because of COVID, that horror and dark experiences help us prepare for those things and handle them better. The more the world sucks, the more the world needs haunted houses. <laughs> Never a dull moment. <laughs> 
Thanks, Bruce. Other questions? One of the email questions that we had is, how does the industry deal with war? Should war happen? Copy and paste Alan's comment. Um, I think that there's been, you know, some folks have been in the industry for 20, 30 plus years, and there's obviously been a lot of things happening during that time. In general, numbers dip a little bit, but they always come right back up. And I think very similarly that the entertainment industry in general is needed about how we cope and how we get over things and also how we have fun and we remember what it's like to be human, to have a human experience. Um, that said, you know, there, there's a lot coming that we don't really know about and I think we'll all have to, I mean, no one has a, no one has a crystal ball to be able to look at it, but I think it's something that we'll be able to at least get through. But do you guys have anything specific you want to add about, for those of you that have been around for a really long time, things, you know, specifically that have helped you get over those hurdles? 9-11? I do. Yeah? <laughs> uh, so, the, the day it happened, I, I called Spencer and he and I had a, a pretty good talk as far as uh, Russia invading Ukraine. Like the day that that happened, we, we yeah. started talking. And uh, I started chasing down rabbit holes. Um, it seems like red states did not have a huge dip when Desert Storm started and happened. Uh, you threw the whole thing. Blue states had a minor dip in the beginning and recovered. Um, and this, this is only from like a 16 haunt sample who I knew had been open that long. And I could talk to their owners. One of the reasons for the association is so that we're all together and we all have that hive brain, so 20 years from now, this question's easier to answer. 9-11, um, uh, um, there was a dip. There was a significant dip in sales uh, the year of 9-11. That happened in September. If we have learned anything from COVID, it's how quickly we can forget a massive tragedy and get on with our lives. And luckily, this, luckily, Shouldn't happen at all, but it did happen. Not real close to haunt season starting. Uh, September 11th is, is there, like that's at the beginning. It's so fresh on the brain. Um, I think now that's enough of a lead time, world events, I think we're gonna be okay. I think, I don't see a significant dip happening this year from what's happening at the level it's happening in Ukraine. Sure. It was working. So I'm just letting you know, in 9-11 uh, I was up, Desert Storm I was up, COVID I was up, I was up, up this year. Not 20% not like everybody, but steady. I remember the last time gas prices were $4 and who the president was. But I'm just saying, and, and I was scared to death and I was up. I think that people are going to make these gas prices decisions. I'm not going to the beach for a week because I can't afford the gas. But they're not going to give up a night at your haunted house. And if you entertained them when they came, they're coming back. Um, for COVID, what I seen was I did four or 5,000 people that had never been to my home. That was kind of shocking. And for them to see my home, and I think they thought it was black plastic walls. And when they came and seen the home, I know they're coming back. So I think this year across the board will be up. Other questions? There are about five minutes left. We're going to do that before we head up to Oscars. Yes. What advice is the board giving out as far as um, staffing issues? Good question. So, question is, um, what advice do we have about staffing issues? Anyone specifically want to cover that? <laughs> I know there's got to be. There's, Alan definitely had a. It was a good year. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We like to hear you talk. I'm gonna say the same thing we're saying. Well, uh, we early on uh, in in speaking with Jen about classes here, like we shaped classes here in order to make sure we had classes that covered labor shortage, turning one actor into a legion. Um, several we've done several classes that cover it and touch on those notes um but one of the things that a couple highlights all right from from that make sure that your haunt is someplace that someone that people want to work offer an increase in pay before people start leaving i think i don't think that's a bad idea to do that preemptive strike um and there's a ton of building techniques and acting techniques that I would be happy to give you. The labor shortage is mostly a shortage of people who are willing to do bad jobs for little pay. We have a job that people want to do. I think we'll be all right. But I do think there's going to be some flack with we are kind of in a low, we pay on the low end of the scale. Awesome products out there on the show floor. As you're doing that, and investing in your show on the show floor, remember how important your actors and your people are and try to invest in them in a similar fashion. I'm not just saying dollars. It's also time and energy because the way the world is right now, they need your emotional energy and support as much as they need financial. They may not know it or admit it, but they do. And the families that haunts provide for a lot of people who don't have them is massive and make sure you are welcoming to everyone, and then we're gonna 100% get through this through the labor shortage. It's not as big a deal of, as we think. I think because of the kind of workplace that we are. At some point in time, all of us in our lives can remember when we were not part of a group, we were left out of a group, we didn't get to fit in for whatever that was. And a lot of us now as operators, we have a culture on our properties where we are inclusive. We do create that culture. There may be a base pay financially, but there's an incentive pay. Some of us are feeding those staff as well. There's other ways that you can show and give your love, and that is going to have leaps and bounds. I and mean, I think at this point we're seeing that, sure, money is part of the equation, but it's not the entire equation. There's a much bigger need that's out there. And as haunted houses are doing and giving a lot for our customers, we should also be doing and giving a lot to our staff. That's ultimately our biggest asset. So, say that again. The relationship with Transworld. How are we doing? Yeah, we're two separate organizations. Yep. Yet are we run parallel? Do they cooperate good? Do we see a better future? Good question. So, for those of you, a lot of people think that the HAA and the HAAshow.com are the same. We're actually two completely different organizations. We are obviously an operating organization. Um, Transworld is its own uh, privately owned organization. Uh, but we do work really well together. This is where the majority of the world comes together. This is where we collectively come together. And so because of that, we make sure that we show up to make sure our events are for our membership, which is the biggest group collectively. Um, I think there's plenty. There's some really great growth for Transworld. Obviously, this year is a really good example of it. The show keeps growing. Uh, even next year, looking at how, I mean, for those of you that haven't seen the signs, the building's going to be under construction. That's a problem because it's going to be, you know, we've got a couple of months of literally construction time. So it's going to have to move to February. It is what it is. We'll be here. It's still going to be a good show. Uh, we'll do what we can.
So, but I think overall, uh, the board has also worked really hard in building a better bridge in how we can support each other um, independently so that we can be for our membership first and, uh, and do what we can. So we'll continue to have what we, events we have here. They'll be here. Um, we obviously were at MHC last year. We're gonna try to continue being in and represent HAA in more conferences as well, so, yeah. Uh, j just a quick note. I'm on the board because I care about haunted houses. And if I didn't think everybody on the board cared about haunted houses as much as I do, then I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be on it. I think the core of our relationship with Transworld, like the root of it, is that in order for Transworld to do well, haunted houses have to do well. You're seeing that on the show floor. Our job as a board is to make sure haunted houses are doing well. If, if haunted houses, and you get out of the board what you what you ask of the board. If you are struggling, you have issues, come to us, that's our job. And then we try to make haunted houses better, and then that makes Transworld better. So there's a very symbiotic relationship there. I think that if it gets political, you can clash. But just remember that I think Transworld wants haunted houses to do well, and we want haunted houses to do well. Okay, that's it for the Q&A. Links to all the resources mentioned, including the State of the Industry presentation and slideshow, are in the full show notes. Today's episode was edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope, and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantam Lightning and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's Bike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo? Sign up at gantum.com slash demo. That's gantum.com slash demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.